0: Welcome back to Fun On Weekday's podcast. I'm your host, Jenna Palak. Just a solo episode today. If you listen to our podcast weekly, I am so sorry we did not have an episode last week. I was in Puerto Rico with Dibs Beauty, and the week before that, we were in Chicago. The week before that, we were in Charleston, so... Things have gotten quite a bit backed up. Summer is in full swing, so we've been super, super busy. But because we didn't have an episode last week, we have two this week. So surprise, we have one today on Tuesday and another one on Thursday. On Thursday, you'll get to meet our event planner and my friend Hallie. And today, it's just me. I haven't done an Ask Me Anything style podcast episode in, I think, over a year. I think the last time I did it was for my birthday. I think the last time I did it was when I was turning 23. It was 23 questions for my 23rd. and then this year, I'm turning 26 in September, September 30th. I'm a Libra girly. All I know is that we are indecisive and we are people pleasers. So true. <laughs> and we are super outgoing. I do ask me anything's on my Instagram pretty frequently every couple of weeks or so. And so today's episode is taking some of the most frequently asked questions from that to share with all of you. So anything from people who are in school right now, wanting advice on how to make the most of their senior year, deal with the stress of trying to find a job anybody who's moving to a new city right now trying to make new friends or just make new friends in general in your adult life or you're transitioning to a new job i had a lot of questions about traveling and stress with traveling how to feel more confident in yourself as the summer approaches and then a lot of very commonly asked personal questions like jenna when are you getting engaged when do you want to be engaged when do you want to get married do you think connor's the one I'm not kidding. I get that every single time. So I'm going to answer that for you. And also a lot of questions about my house search because I did share that I've been looking towards potentially buying a house in Austin. So I have some updates on that as well. Where the hell is this question? (laughs) Okay, I found it. Her name is Anna and she says, how to make the most of my senior year of college. Also, please come to Miami, Ohio. Well, girlfriend, let me first say that Miami of Ohio was my second choice school. First choice was Ohio State and I didn't get in and I'm still butthurt to this day, okay? I got a 23 on my ACT, I think, which whatever, like, I did well in high school. I had a 4.0 GPA. I did a lot of extracurriculars. The ACT was just not my cup of tea, okay? So I didn't get into Ohio State. My second choice was Miami, Ohio. And so I went and toured it. I thought it was so beautiful. I loved the campus. But God, your guys' tuition there is so expensive. It was like $34,000 or something. I don't know if that was for the year. I think that was for the year. So it was just really expensive. I didn't have any scholarships there. I didn't apply early enough to their school to like get a scholarship, but even at that, I probably wouldn't have. So I have a soft spot for Miami, Ohio, Um, but I have considered doing some type of like college tour type thing with Waterboy. I don't know. We were texting about it the other day. Mike and Connor go, should we get a giant tour bus and wrap it with Fun on Weekdays ex-Waterboy and go around to college campuses and do some type of event, whether it's like, hosting tailgates or hosting like pop-ups. So I don't know. I mean, it's definitely not out of the question. I'd be down to do that for sure. But in terms of making the most of your senior year, it brings me back to when I graduated college in 2020. I feel like I was so focused on building a life outside of college that I didn't really allow myself to truly enjoy the four years of college like don't get me wrong i had fun and i loved college i loved kent state but people always say that college are the best years of your life i'm like I don't know if I necessarily agree with that. I think they can be, but also your years after college can also be the best years of your life. Every single new phase of your life can be the best years of your life, you know, if you make it that way. So I think, first of all, not having the mentality that as soon as you graduate, like you're going to just fall off the face of the earth. (laughs) There's still life to be lived outside of college while also remembering that your time there is limited and you don't have a lot of the responsibilities that you do after college. My opinion A degree is a degree no one knows whether I got a C or an A in one of my classes. I mean, they do if you have a goal of trying to reach a certain GPA or cum laude Or what are those tassel things you wear at graduation? Some people are decked out. I had nothing. I had my alpha fee sash and that was it. (laughs) But I didn't care. I got my degree. I had a good time. And ultimately, I still got a job after college. So when I graduated in 2020, it was March when things started to shut down because of COVID. And in that moment, we were all so upset. We were like, "Okay, well, at least we'll be back in the next two weeks or in a week. We're like going to finish out our senior year. And turns out that never happened. But what I will say is that we made the absolute most of those last couple of months of college that we had, even though we were not in traditional classes, we made the most of it. I was hanging out with my roommates every single day, doing fun things, going on walks. We were playing flip cups, slip and slide, like the classic, typical college drinking games. We would play Mexican train every night. We would watch movies together. We built a fort one night. And one night we actually even recreated the Kent downtown bars into different rooms in our house and we made our own bar crawl because we never had our senior bar crawl. And although we were bummed about it and we kind of missed out on that college experience, I think those are some of the memories that I cherish the most are the times where we just tried to find like, the positive side to graduating. So I'd say my best advice for making the most out of it is just being present, which sounds really simple. But I understand that when you're stressed about trying to find a job and figure out what you wanna do after college, sometimes it's not always easy to be present. But just remember like the friends that you have in college, you're not always gonna live within five minutes distance of them. You're not always gonna have a thirsty Thursday, ladies Tuesday night. You're not always gonna have this fraternity sorority formal that you can go to or these intramural leagues that you can be a part of like I would just say make the most of absolutely everything that you can say yes to everything that you can but also prioritize your mental health and your classwork as well because you're paying a lot of money to be in school so make it worthwhile on that note about college a lot of people always ask me my best advice for transitioning to post-grad I actually have a whole podcast episode on this too. It's called What Even Is Postgrad? Because truly, like what years do we consider? I'm 25. I'm still considering myself a postgrad from any time that you graduate college until you're like 60 years old. We're technically all all postgrad. But some of us transition into that next phase of life A little bit faster than some others do and some of us take a little bit longer. So the transition kind of looks different for everyone whether you're moving to a new city or you're staying where you went to school or you're moving back home with your parents. I think the biggest key to transitioning is not comparing yourself to other people but it's hard to do because the second people get a job their LinkedIn is going off about I'm so excited to accept this job in Washington DC and you just consistently see all of your classmates and your friends accepting these jobs and you get in your own head about like building up expectations of what you want your post grad life to be. And sometimes that can be overwhelming or disappointing when maybe those expectations aren't met as quickly as you would like them to be, if that makes sense. Like what I just said, I think you have to remember that your life doesn't stop after college. Like if anything, it can only get better, but only if you make it that way, you have to have the mentality that you're entering this new phase of your life where You have so much responsibility. Like the world is literally your oyster. You can create your own routine. You no longer have to go to these classes on Tuesday, Thursday, Wednesday, Friday. You get to be excited about figuring out where you're gonna live, finding an apartment, decorating that apartment, meeting new people. You get to choose all of the people that are in your life. You get to choose who you stay in contact with after school. So because you have all of these opportunities and choices to be made, that's why I kind of think post-grad and your first year after graduating college is just so confusing because you might not have like the best sense of self because everything you've ever known up until this point has kind of been structured for you. You went to elementary school and then high school and then college and then now you're off on your own and now you're around all these people who are all in different phases of their life. They're all moving at different speeds and before this everyone was doing everything together. Everyone was working towards one goal. Then when you graduate college like You are all working towards a goal, which is to retire, but you might be 25 and your coworker might be 45 and you're still working towards that thing, but you're completely different people. So I think the people you surround yourself with post-grad are incredibly important as well to influence who you want to become and your career goals, your personal goals, and finding those people is not always easy, which leads me to the next question, which is people always ask How do you make friends post-grad? So when I moved to Austin in 2020, anywhere you went in Austin, you had to go with a set group of people. You couldn't just go to a bar alone and meet up with a bunch of different people. The internet is such a gift these days. I do not think it's weird. If anything, it's incredibly normal to meet your friends through social media. If you are moving to, let's say, Baltimore and you want to meet girls in Baltimore, Baltimore, well, first of all, I have a whole Facebook page of 56,000 freaking girls who live all over the country. Some people even in Canada, in Australia. We got girls who are abroad right now, in Italy, in Europe. Is Italy in Europe? Yeah, I think it is. You get the point. I have girls all over the entire world. So if you're not sure where to look, first of all, go to the Final is Facebook page. Within there, I have a post that's pinned to the top to the featured section. And it is an Excel sheet of all of the group memes that we currently have. I need to go in there and totally revamp it and edit it because we've had so many new ones that have been made in the past like couple of months but i mean you can click into that and you can see in south carolina we have oh shit south carolina is not a good one because i actually don't know what cities are in south carolina if you click into texas you can find houston dallas fort worth austin Uh, San Marcos, wherever, you can click into it and then join the group meet and bam, there you go. You already have like a couple hundred girls that live near your area and all you have to do is just type in there like, hey, I just moved here, introduce yourself or maybe make like a little intro post on the main page. I know it's kind of scary and it might seem kind of weird Because if you think about, oh, maybe there's people in here that know who I am and it'd be awkward if they read it. You just have to get that thought out of your mind and you cannot let your self-doubt keep you from like reaching out to people or keep you from doing things just because you're nervous. Because the first time you meet people through the internet and you meet up with them, it is a little awkward. It's like a date. I mean, I think it's more nerve wracking to go on a girl date like meet up with someone you want to be friends with than it is to go on a guy date. I don't know why it just is. And I'm not going to lie. There are going to be some people that you meet up with that you just don't click. And that's like perfectly. Okay. It might not be the most enjoyable time, but then there's also going to be someone who immediately the second you meet them, you might feel like you've known each other for years. I cannot tell you how much it warms my heart to meet people or for people to message me and say that they met actually a girl just yesterday messaged me that the bride is having her bachelorette party in Austin and all of her bridesmaids all met through the Fun on Weekdays group and they all moved to a city. They all became best friends. They hang out all the time. Now they're all in her wedding. It actually made me want to cry. It's it's insane. People meet their roommates through our page. People get connected professionally and they're trying to find new jobs. They find like work advice, relationship advice. We really are just kind of a catch-all for everyone who's just looking for guidance and you don't know where to go. When you are reaching this point in your life, you're like, okay, I'm in a transition, but I don't really know what to do. So making friends post-grad, I feel like I always have to remind myself too that I can't compare these friendships to my high school and my college friendships because they're just not the same. My high school girlfriends, they will be my best friends forever and ever. We could not talk for three years and I know that they would still be my best friends. They would still be in my wedding, but we also grew up together. We were like six years old when we met in elementary school and then we were 18 So we had so much more time together and we had so much more time to be together because we had school together every single day. And then we got to do things after school or on the weekends versus when you're an adult, you just don't have as much time built into your schedule to see your friends. So you have to make intentional time to hang out with people. And because of that, it might take longer to form a friendship than it does in high school or in college, which is why fun on weekdays is so important. If you're trying to build friendships, it's important to make time throughout the week to see them as well. Because if you just go on to try and see these people once every weekend, once every two weekends, Sometimes your schedules don't align. Sometimes you can't see each other. It might be two months before you get to hang out because you keep waiting for the weekend to have a day together. And it might just take a little bit longer to form that friendship. I always had this saying that there was a difference between a weekday friend and a weekend friend. A weekday friend is someone you make intentional time for and it's the kind of person that you're willing to set your exhaustion or stress aside in order to spend time with them because you're consciously making that effort to hang out with them after work that day versus a weekend friend which by the way, there's nothing wrong with either one. A weekend friend, a lot of times, you might be invited to do something in a group setting or you already have plans and you'll text them and be like, hey, wanna join along? And it's not necessarily as intentional, but that's also just my experience. So I really truly believe that building friendships post-grad requires you to have fun with them on weekdays in order to build that friendship. One of my favorite pieces of advice which actually comes from my boyfriend, Connor, is he said to try and meet people, whether it's a friend or a potential partner, boyfriend, girlfriend, whoever, in places that you want to spend majority of your time. So for example, if you're someone who's super into health and fitness and you want to spend a lot of your time at the gym or in yoga classes or at the park outside, you're going to find people who are the most similar to you in that exact setting. If you are trying to go out all the time and you're trying to meet people while you're out in a bar setting, but you're not really someone that likes to do that all the time. The people that you attract are probably not going to be the people that you find yourself wanting to hang out with all the time. So just think about what you truly enjoy doing and then try to do it in a group setting, whether there is an intramural league you could do or a fitness class, a pottery class, a nonprofit that you want to be a part of, like volunteering somewhere with a group of people, walking groups, or honestly, just finding random events that are happening on Eventbrite. Like you can type in what's happening in Austin, Texas today. You can find things that are going on and you could just go to it alone. And if it's something you're interested in, who knows, you might meet someone that you might really hit it off with. But you really have to put yourself out there because no one's going to make friends for you. It's not like college where you can pay for your friends in a sorority. No, I'm just kidding. I was in a sorority, so <laughs> that's no shade by any means. Oh my god, we are already through June. It's almost 4th of July. I am actually going to a bachelorette party for my cousin. I'm in her wedding this summer in Hilton Head. I'm really excited. My sisters and I are in her wedding. We get to hang out with two of our cousins. We have a couple of themes. We need a black bathing suit, which surprisingly I don't have because I always gravitate towards color. We got matching t-shirts for one night that we're going out on the town. And then we need a pink beach dress. And then a couple other things too. We're going to Dustin, Florida. I'm really excited. This is only the second bachelorette trip I've ever been on. So I'm excited to plan my outfits. And you can see what I'm wearing at Macy's.com forward slash F-O-W. Okay, so this one is pretty vague. (laughs) But... Monique wants to know my best breakup advice and again I hate to plug all of these other podcasts I've done but I have a podcast episode called how to heartbreak and I tell you guys exactly how my six-year boyfriend and I broke up the mistake that I made the lessons I learned from it and how I was eventually able to move on three years later and let me just say like getting over a breakup Is not an overnight thing of course you can distract yourself by meeting new people or going on new dates or you know fulfilling your womanly needs if you get what i mean but i really think taking the time out of a relationship to invest it into your friendships is truly one of the best ways to heal is to spend more time with your friends more people who surround you with love and support and also put more time into things that you enjoy doing on your own like that hobby that your ex-boyfriend didn't want to do When you asked him if he would go to the musical with you and he said, no, like go to the musical yourself. Then you want to go to a comedy show and he didn't want to go with you. Now you get to go because no one is holding you back from doing the things that you wanted to do. And you felt like you had to beg him to do for you. Now you can do it all on your own and you don't have to feel guilty for doing that. I really think in a lot of scenarios, breakups can be the best thing that has ever happened to you because although it sucks and it hurts so bad and you might feel really sad and depressed and lonely and anxious, the easiest thing to do is always to go back to what's comfortable for you even if they're not meant for you. So you'll find yourself scrolling through your phone, through your photos, your videos, old texts, looking at their social media, catching up with what they're doing, looking at their Venmo, knock it off by the way, don't do that. And you're like longing for this sense of comfortability, but sometimes being uncomfortable is the best thing that you could possibly do for yourself to really grow into the person that you're meant to be without someone else holding you back. At the time when we broke up, I thought it was like the worst thing that's ever happened in my life. And at the time it actually, was. It really was the worst thing that had ever happened in my life, which I'm so privileged to say that like a heartbreak was the worst thing. Really, really, Jenna. But it also forced me to ask myself, who who am I like, truly, who am I outside of this relationship? And I don't think I ever really had that answer until we broke up and until I was forced to find that on my own. And it was hard to do that, but it was also like really empowering and inspiring and really cool to just kind of like rediscover myself in a way that I never knew before. One of my pet peeves when I was going through a breakup was when people would always say, oh, you know, everything happens for a reason. And I'm like, yeah, the reason is because I kissed another boy. Like, <laughs> yeah, there's a reason why we broke up. And the reason why I did that was because I was insecure and I had no sense of self and I didn't know what I wanted or who I was. So that reason just may not be apparent to you right now. And it might take a couple months or maybe even a couple years for you to actually find that answer. But the biggest lesson I've learned is that you will never, ever, ever get closure. Closure is a made up belief that you think that you're gonna get. When you say you wanna like talk to them again and just get quote unquote closure, no, you don't. No, no you don't. You have this hope that if you talk to them again, then things will reignite and you'll get back together. I mean, at least I might be just speaking for myself, but no one is ever going to give you closure. You have to give it to yourself. And the longer you wait for someone to give it to you, the longer it will take for you to truly move on and heal and like just live your life. That is my best breakup advice. (laughs) But if you want to hear more, I do have that episode. It's pretty old. So I actually haven't listened to it in a long time and I probably will never listen to it again because listening back to your own podcast episodes cringe. So embarrassing. It might even be like a day after this comes out and I will listen to probably the first like 30 30 minutes and I can't listen to the rest because it's just it's embarrassing. So I don't really know what I talk about in it, but I do know that I go very, very in-depth. Okay, I love these two questions because they kind of coincide with the one. So Samantha asks, do you not get super exhausted from all this traveling plus your responsibilities back home? And then Krista asks, how do you balance taking fun opportunities and not getting burnt out? Okay, so that is kind of what I'm struggling with right now because I don't have the balance. I don't have the answers for that. My job is obviously fun on weekdays. So it's kind of like a double-ended sword because for example, like you guys coming to a fun on weekdays event, like that is your fun on weekdays. But me hosting that event is my work. So, my version of fun on weekdays is not doing anything fun on weekdays related, if that makes sense. Do you know what I mean? Like, not filming content or filming a podcast or hosting an event for fun on weekdays, like anything outside of that, because that is my job, is what I consider me actually doing it in real life, in my own personal life. So, don't get me wrong, I love traveling so much. You guys always message or comment and say, Have you ever thought about going to Boston or Maryland, DC, Tampa? Trust me, I've thought about it. I've thought about going literally everywhere right now. I think my biggest challenge that we're facing is just trying to figure out how we can find the time to be everywhere all at once. And it's just not possible. So typically when we travel for events, we go one day early in case anything happens. We're there. And then the day of the event and that morning we'll set everything up. We have a full day of getting things ready. And then the next day we typically head back home. So every time we travel to an event like Charleston or Chicago, it's typically three days of time. I almost kind of wish that there was a way we could do back to back where it's like, instead of going to Charleston, then coming home to Austin for the weekend, then going to Chicago for the next week back home for the weekend. I kind of wish it was just all at once. But I think in order for it to be back to back is we're going to need to grow our team in order to make sure we all have the mental capacity to even do that. Because I'm not going to lie, you guys, I love the events, but Chicago, there were 800 people and talking to people for four hours straight and like taking pictures and being completely social and fully on in that moment, like it does get a little bit tiring. So you do need like two days to kind of recoup re-energize. So it is nice to have the break in between, but it's almost not enough of a break in between to get back to your own routine. So sometimes when I get back from traveling, I just feel overwhelmed because I'm like, Oh, I need to catch up on seeing my friends. I haven't seen them in three weeks. So then I'll hang out with my friends, but then I don't have enough quality time with my boyfriend alone. And then I'm like, well, I want to hang out with my dog. I want to like take him to the park and do fun things with him. I need to take care of the house and clean and do my laundry, all these things. So it's really hard to manage my like actual responsibilities at home while I'm traveling. And it's also another question too, is how do you maintain your relationship while you're traveling? That is another difficult thing too. I mean, I live with my boyfriend, so I see him all the time and he travels to events as frequently as he can. But he also has a job like he's doing his thing. He's building his own career. So I can't expect him to come to every single event, just like he wouldn't expect me to come to every single thing that he has going on too. I wish that was the case, but... I think right now we're so focused on building our own things that eventually in the next couple of years, like who knows, maybe he'll sell Waterboy or I'll start a different business where we can have a little bit more like free time to ourselves. But the mindset right now is like work, work, do as much as we can and it'll pay off later while also still finding time to like enjoy it along the way cuz obviously the whole purpose of fun on weekdays is to not let your job take your entire life over but it is kind of a tricky situation where my life is fun on weekdays too <laughs> it's just weird so in terms of balancing taking fun opportunities and not getting burned out i just have to be like super honest with myself of whether this invite to some certain event is going to fuel me or deplete me there are always things going on in austin There's always like a new restaurant opening or a new boutique. There's a lot of events that I've gotten invited to over the past year and I don't not go because I think I'm like too good for the events by any means. I just oftentimes don't have the energy to go or I would rather just like hang out with my friends that I haven't been able to see or go on a date with my boyfriend. So it's definitely gone a lot easier to learn when to say no to certain things and not let that like FOMO get in my head that I'm missing out and I'm gonna regret not going. Because ultimately I've been at the point where I've overloaded myself and I've said yes to too many things where it ends up having the opposite effect and you just don't have enough time for yourself. Okay, I thought this was a really cute question, which is what is making you happy lately and what are you looking forward to this summer? So last week, or actually I guess two weeks ago, I told you guys that I'm starting this series where for 10 weeks straight, I'm doing three things a week to have the best week ever, and to ultimately have the best summer ever. So I do one thing that is alone by myself. I do one thing with a friend, and then one thing with someone you love, whether that's your family or a partner. So last week, and I've been really good about it, and I've been filming content too. I just need to get around to editing it and posting it, but last week I went and got ice cream by myself, and I drove to this place called Handles, which I thought was in Ohio like I thought it was started in Stowe, Ohio by where I went to college. Turns out it's actually a chain. I learned that it was a chain when I posted the TikTok and everyone was like, girl, we have one in Arizona. Girl, we have one in Maryland. Like, okay, did not know that. So I took myself on a little ice cream date. Um, What else did I do? And I hung out with my friends quite a bit last week. Um, We played pickleball two times last week and a big group of us went out to my friend Amelia's parents house in Spicewood, which is kind of out by the lake. And we had such a fun day together. We played pickleball in the morning and then we went to her house and we hung out at her pool. We made tacos and then we went to this like lazy river at their community pool. And that was so fun. We had the best night, best Sunday ever. Tonight, I'm going on a date with my boyfriend. We're going to see Hairspray, the musical. They're on tour right now and they're in Austin. So I would say what's been making me happy lately is by spending quality time with people that I love. And I'm also really happy that we got Quincy neutered like two weeks ago. We've been waiting so long to get him in to get neutered and it finally happened. So I'm really happy about that because I just want to see if it helps with his energy a little bit. Like he's so crazy. He's an energizer bunny and I just can't keep up. So (laughs) we'll see. So far he hasn't really settled down too much, but- He's been walking around with a cone and he has no idea that the cone means he like can't fit into certain spaces. So he'll just walk into my legs and I have bruises all over my shins from him walking into my knees. So super happy about that as well. Okay, the questions you guys really want to know. So every time I do this, the number one question, probably like 50 times more than that, honestly, is... Any engagement plans anytime soon, or when do you want to be engaged? My favorite though is like, do you see yourself, Mary and Connor? I'm like, no, not really. We just have a house and a dog together and been together for <laughs> Yes, of course I do. Of course I do. I I was like committed. Connor and I were really good friends before we started dating. And we had such a great friendship that I think both of us knew if we ever crossed the line to actually dating then it was going to be serious. Um, So yeah, my boyfriend and I have been living together for a year and a half now. Well, we were actually living together before we started dating, which was, that's a whole story in itself because we lived in LA with Mike, his business partner. Oh my God, that seems like five years ago. We lived together before we were dating and then we came back to Austin. We were still living together and then we got Quincy together. And amongst all of that, we've both become like super, super busy. Him with Waterboy, me with Fun on Weekdays. We both hired our own teams. We've both gotten our own offices and I would say we're both very focused on our own careers and like building lives that we want for ourselves. So like, of course, yes, I do see him as my future partner. I, like that is my goal. That's my hope in dating him. I mean, I don't, I don't really want to go through a heartbreak. Like I'm not planning to do that but I'm also in no rush to get engaged and I know no one is ever gonna believe me when I say that because for whatever reason when a girl says she's not in a rush to get engaged everyone's like you're lying you're lying you want to get engaged he just doesn't want to get engaged to you that's so embarrassing oh my god you're acting like that's the only goal in the whole world I swear it's like But once you do get engaged, then the question becomes, well, when are you getting married? When's the wedding? And then you do. And then the question is, when are you having babies? And then you have the babies. And then people, then people are finally like, okay, like there's nothing else to like continue prying to ask you about. So I don't have any plans. (laughs) I don't have any plans. We're both really happy. We've only been together for a year and a half. We both plan to stay in Austin for the next couple of years. I'm spending 4th of July with his family In Michigan, um, and he is coming on our family vacation to Hilton Head in August. So we have a lot of family time together this year. And like things have just been really good, honestly. I'm not just saying that, which I know people are gonna say that I'm just saying that, but truthfully, I used to post a lot more about our relationship. And I think I used to post a lot more when I was insecure in our relationship, but I was insecure in our relationship because I wasn't secure in myself. Like I talk about this a lot, but last year I just wasn't in the best headspace. I look back at photos and I'm like, whoa. I look so different and I think I can tell that I did not have happiness exuding from my pictures or videos. I also just kind of realized that our relationship is so much better when I get to have it to myself and I don't share every single detail on the internet because when you don't share everything people have less to judge you for and less judgment means that you really get to just focus on your relationship as it is without the voices and opinions of other people kind of like Clouding your judgment. But on the real note, somebody did ask when I want to be engaged by, and I would say probably like 28. I think 28 for me is a good age. I'm turning 26 this fall, September 30th. I don't know if I mentioned that in this podcast or not. I think I might have at the very beginning, but I'm turning 26. And it's so wild to me that when I was in high school and I was dating this boy for six years, I truly, genuinely thought that we would be engaged after we graduated college and I would have a rock by the time that I'm like 23. I thought I was me walking down the altar at 25 and I was me popping out a baby at 26. Well, no, no, now I'm at that age and I'm like, wait, I don't know why I wanted to rush that so much because I feel like I'm really in my prime right now. Like I'm busy planning events for fun on weekdays. I don't have time to plan a wedding right now. I mean, I will, I would, but there's just no rush. And I do really appreciate everyone asking and having interest in in our relationship, but ask me again when I'm 28, maybe 30 then, then we can put a little bit more, like a little more question around it. And on that note too, talking about our like future together, where I see myself in the next five to 10 years, I shared a couple weeks ago that I'm considering buying a house so- whole story about that is my office lease ends in august right around the same time that my house lease ends literally like within a week or two of each other connor and i currently split our house rent so if i were to do the math and i take the rent that i'm paying in my office plus the rent at my house combine it like that is a freaking mortgage i could put that towards an actual house something that i truly own um my office here I love it. I have so many memories here. It's crazy to think that it's already been a year and a half in this space. But the guy who's behind this wall is moving out and they want to lease this entire floor as one unit. So in order for me to stay, I would need to take over this other space behind me as well. But in order to do that, it would double my office rent. And I already have like a couple of things on my list of things that I don't enjoy about this office, number 1 being I'm in this like really weird courtyard. And I'm behind a fence. No one can ever find the office. So my packages are always lost. You have to go up a staircase of stones. And so it's just not great to ship anything out of here or to bring things in and out for events like decorations. Um, Shipping things in and out always gets lost. And it's always such a hassle. Um, The parking around here is absolute shit. There's so much construction on the road. And then there is a parking lot, but it's always full. And then there's street parking, but that's also full too. So you just never really know what you're going to get when you come over here. And then trash too. Oh my, don't get me started on the trash because the way there are buildings are is like there's a top part and then there's a part out to the side. I don't. It's really not going to make sense unless I show you, but I don't want to show you where I'm actually located until I move out of here because you never know, you never know who might show up at the door. And the trash, you have to walk it up this like really zigzaggy, janky staircase. And it's not easy to get through. So if your trash is super heavy or you have big boxes, which I always do, it's so hard to get it up and down. So that's just like another thing that I don't love about this place. My thought process, which a lot of you guys have said is why are you paying for an office when you could just work from your house? At the time that I got this office, I was in an apartment. It was 800 square feet. My boyfriend and I were both working from home and I just needed a space to record. I needed a space to like get away, to be on my own. I needed separation from work and home. And so that's exactly what I did. I came to this office and I will say, the separation has been so good, especially now having Hallie and Gabby who work for us. We just have a space where we can all come at any point. And it's not my personal house where I feel like they're invading like my personal space. You know what I mean? So as I look for a house, things on my wish list are having a detached space where I can turn it into an office. Um, I would love a bright open kitchen, of course, like updated appliances and fixtures, which of course you can change that. Definitely need a large Yard for Quincy that is fenced in or can easily be fenced in. Um, The location, obviously you can never change that. And the budget, (laughs) which it's so crazy because I seem to be finding everything on my wish list. But the one thing that it doesn't match up with is my budget. How weird is that? I really want to stay like close to downtown. We spend a lot of time here. And I'd say between like 15 minutes to downtown would be most ideal. Whether it's in Bolden or Zilker, which that's like $5 signs. If you're looking at a Yelp review, that's a $5 sign neighborhood. And then we have East Austin or Chestnut, kind of Mueller area I'd be really open to as well. Terrytown, I love, but it's so freaking expensive over there. Um, So yeah, I've just been keeping my eyes open. There was a house that I really, really loved, but I don't want to like put bad energy into the world and say too much before anything happens because I'm getting a little superstitious about it. And I'm not going to lie, I'm kind of nervous because it's a huge commitment. Like I've never made such a huge financial commitment in my life. And so because of that, I'm really trying to make sure that it makes sense. So the way that it would work in my mind is I would buy the house. This is something that I want to do on my own. Like God forbid Connor and I break up tomorrow. Would I still want to own a house? Yes. And that's the only reason why I'm like so confident in the fact that I want to buy it on my own is because it has nothing to do with him. Of course, he's going to help me pay mortgage like he will pay me a monthly rent for me to put towards it. Cause of course he's living in the house. Like, yeah, but it would be my house. So I would put in the offer. It would be my down payment. He wouldn't put any money towards the down payment. Like that's all, that's all on me. Um, all of the responsibilities of the house would fall on me. Of course he would help me with things like taking care of the lawn and the trash and you know, the maintenance and the plumbing, all those things just the same as we do right now. But I'm not going to buy a house with someone when I'm not engaged or married to them because if we ever do end up getting engaged or married, the the first house that we buy together, then we can use him to get the first home homeowner incentive to get like money off. So some people were curious about how the finances would work, but rest assured he would be paying me rent. And that would just depend on how much the house ends up costing. A lot of people wanted to know my budget for the house, but because things are so freaking easy to find on the internet, if I give you the budget and the location of where I'm looking, you can so easily find any single house. So that is something that I don't want to share. If I do end up moving, um, I'm sure I'll post pictures of like the interior, but I just don't want anyone finding out where I live. There have been a couple people who have sent me like mail and um, graduation cards and wedding cards and invitations, which I'm so flattered. That is so sweet and thoughtful of you, but it also scares the shit out of me because how do you know where I live? So... I just want to do everything I can to protect my privacy of a potential home that I would be like living in because I don't know. It's just scary. You never know who's out there listening or who's lurking around. That's all of the questions that I wanted to answer. I hope you guys enjoyed this. I hope I answered some of the questions you've been wanting to know and you got something out of this episode. I always have fun just sitting down and chatting with you. And I honestly got to get out of here because like I said, I'm going to the musical with my boyfriend tonight. So I need to go get ready and spruce up for my date night. That's all. Like I said, this week, we have another episode coming with Hallie. So be sure to listen to that on Thursday. Get to know all about her and what we're doing with events. And yeah, I'll talk to you guys on Thursday. Bye.